0: How are we going, Good, mate? How are you?
1: Oh, mate! I uh, I've had an adventure today. I've been I've had an epidural, as I was saying before we started recording. Uh, I, I've, I've got all my back problems. I'm not leaving. I'm not in labour, just for reference. Um, I had I had to get a bunch of needles done in my spine, and um, they what part of the needles that they gave me? One of them was an epidural, so I can't feel anything below the waist very well. So, for any blokes out there that are listening, when just, just imagine your nuts being numb. It's it's a very strange family. <laughs> but anyway, um, but wait, other than that, I'm, I'm all right. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good. Just been cruising along. It's, yeah, been a hectic weekend in sport, which I've enjoyed, so oh, I look forward to getting into it.
1: Hasn't it ever. What about you, Coots? Yeah, good mate. I can feel my balls. So I'm doing alright. Oh. <laughs> mate, I am. I am glad. <laughs> uh, mate, this this is a, the uh, the weekly update on um, on how all of our testicles are. Um, mm. We're we're big into testicular cancer <laughs> awareness, etc. So this this is you know it's just that, that's that's what we're we're promoting. Just make sure you can feel your balls. That's that's what that's all it is. <laughs> Alrighty <laughs> anyway, Jesus. Alright, so let's get into sport. The sport where we're talking about some balls that are actually on on the field the play. People kick them around. Alright, here we go. Um what do we got with this there's, there's actually like a bit of a truckload. I, I mean honestly, I think we probably should start with um oh, let's go with Seabold. So uh, Anthony Seabold, the coach of the Broncos. Um I think that's probably the, it, it's it's a very, it's just, in Australia anyway, it may not be the rest of the world, but certainly in Australia, a coach being offered a million bucks to walk away from his job now, um, in the middle of, well, not quite, two, two-thirds of the way through the season, I mean, and particularly when apparently there's no money around anywhere. Oh, Jesus, I mean, this is... This is a bizarre. I mean, obviously the Broncos aren't exactly performing particularly well. They just had their best game of the season, I feel, against the Dragons when Seabold wasn't there. But geez, I don't know. Bond, what what do you what do you think,
0: mate? Personally, I wouldn't take it. So he is twelve months into a three point two million dollar contract. So um, doing the math, they owe him a lot more than one million dollars. He's never going to get another coaching job, regardless of whether he takes his deal or not. Um, so make him pay you out.
1: That's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> I guess we 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 like to make Seabold the villain, but but uh, but it's true though. I mean, when you bring someone in and you you put them on a contract and say this is how much, um, you know how much it is that you know your contract is going to be. So if he's got two point two million dollars owing to him and they offering him less than half, well, you'd be like, hmm, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, Coots, has there ever been anything like that? Like, I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a equipment like in another sport. Because I know, like, in the, in the NFL and baseball, crazy crap happens all the time. But I'm just thinking, like, AFL. Like, I know Ross Lyon, there was some stuff that happened with him when he moved, but...
2: Yeah, I've never seen anything with a, a payout like that. It's kind of the club going, "Here's a million dollars to don't come Monday,"
1: mm.
2: and it, it, I mean, it, it, I mean, it not, it's probably not a hell of a lot that makes him want to rock. If if the uh, GM or whoever is in NRL terms, who does all the the front office do to kind of tell your coach, "Look, here is a million dollars to simply don't come to work on Monday." Mm. It, it's it's intriguing, but Bondi kind of hit it on the head then. Like I'm like, "Chit, if you're owed." X amount more, then why would you settle for anything less? But yeah, it's a strange one. I can't remember anything happening in AFL or anything like that where they've gone, here's all the, here's certain cash up front, whatever, don't rock up Monday.
1: That's interesting because like for me, I think that now the only option they have is because Seabold has caused uh, just an obscene amount of drama now. Like he, he he's just a hurricane now at the moment. And I mean, yes, it will. To, to stick with the metaphor, it will blow over. But it, it's just at the same time, he's just not a competent coach. He's not the right coach for the Broncos. He's plain and simple. They're not performing. So I think the Broncos need to move on. But perhaps, you know, Seabold should engage some lawyers. And, um, I mean, they, they may, they may um, invoke, having, you know, have some leverage over him and say, well, you know, you've not done something to do with personal conduct. Um and you're lucky to be getting a million dollars like that. may be they may have leverage over him that we don't know about. That's the only reason I could think of for him to walk away and not engage further legal action. Because you're right, he's not going to get another another lucrative uh, contract again. So I don't know. It's a tough one, but they they could do it like what what the the Browns I think did, and also what the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, where they just basically deferred the money. They just pay the contract out, but they're just paying two coaches effectively. Like they bring in the new coach, um, or they could keep the assistant coach on his current contract, but just put, leave him as the acting head coach for two years or whatever. Like they, you know, I don't know, I don't know what they could get, how they could get around it, but I'm sure there's a way that they could do it. But I don't know. What, what do you like? What, what would you think would be the outcome? Like, like Bonnar, where, where do you see it going?
2: Well, I think.
0: Brisbane have played their hand. So Seabold is due to come back into the NRL bubble after leaving it for a family emergency two weeks ago. Uh, so the Broncos playing on that, look, mate, stay with your family, take a million dollars, you know, go enjoy the rest of the year. Um, they've, they've played their hand. I don't think... They've got too much else in the bank. Um, Depends on what's going on really with Seabold. There's legal action. There's there's a lot of stuff going down. Um, And whether he wants to come back to work or not is another big thing. But uh, if I was him, I would stand resolute uh, and just go, look, I'll come back. I will stuff you guys around until my $3.2 million is paid in full and just make the Broncos go, yeah, mate, we'll just go away. Like, might pay it over five years instead of three or whatever, but you know, if I was Seabold, yep, pay me out. You guys haven't made my life easy.
1: Suffer. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that, that's fair enough, man. And look I, I think I think that's probably the way this is gonna end up as well. But um yeah look I reckon that's that's probably how how it's gonna go as well. But um it'll be interesting to see what Seabold does um uh, and and what the Broncos do. But, but I'm I'm I just have this feeling they have some leverage over him. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um let's see what else is uh, is is going on in the news Now, the other thing that's happening in the news. What do we got? What do we got? Um, I'll just have to. I'll just edit this bit out. It's cool. I forgot to unlock my phone. (laughs) <laughs> I might even leave this in, this is beautiful. Alright, so the next thing in the news. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. I'll I'll cop that one. Alright, so the next one now this one's a cootsie one because um I don't know, he may he may even he's down in the realm of the, the wanker of the week, mate. One of your mob, Carlton, um, has apparently grabbed a cameraman from Amazon on the rear end. Oh dare.
2: Yeah, this was, yeah, this is, I, I feel this is a bit of clickbait, but with what's been happening recently with um, Richmond and whatnot, the old slipping a digit and grabbing the willy and all that, that nonsense has mm. seemed to crept its mm. way on the TV. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Gibbons, I think it was the free Freon win, actually, where they got a bit excited and they've got uh, Amazon, I'm not too sure. Yes, uh, Amazon, some yeah. Some film crew doing a, yeah, a behind-the-scenes kind of thing and does the old... Um, I think you just got a bit carried away and slapped the cameraman on the ass after the win, all excited. And, yeah. and then acknowledged that that probably wasn't the right thing to do, but yeah, that, that's about all I read into it. But it, it's just, it's another silly little event that's added on to this entire saga of the you old know, bum slap in sport.
1: Well, mate, six months ago, no one would have given a shit. And in fact, no one should still yeah. give a shit, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, honestly. The amount of bum pats people get, like it, it's just a, uh, you know, when someone's coming off, you're sitting down, you reach up, and that's just th- the their their butt is at your head height, so you're you pat them on the butt. Good job, chief. Like it's not it's not anything inappropriate. It's just saying good job. It's it's not like I don't know. I don't. People seem to be sexualizing it. That's what seems to be happening, and. I mean, fair enough the the grabbing on the, the grabbing on the junk, that's fair enough. Like I can understand that grabbing on the junk is a bit weird. That that I've never seen in a in a footy huddle before. But <laughs> Made but, up, nah. but, but just a simple pat on pat on the side, pat on the bum, pat on the anything like just a just a, a, a just a pat, like, you know, good job or a or a slap on the slap on the back of the head, you know, great job, champ. Whatever. But Jesus, like, Bondi, do you reckon they're just taking this too far now? Like, are they just, like, is it is yeah, this just, just, yeah.
0: Like, sexualizing something that isn't sexual, um, for the sake of clickbait, like you said, for the sake of media, like, when you're in the sporting community, huddle, whatever, you know, your back, your bum, your leg, your, you know, it's all the same. Like, you just give them a pack, good game, yeah, congratulations, exactly. like, Fist bump, whatever. Like,
1: am I not allowed to hug people anymore? Is that was that is that next? Am I not allowed to go up and hug me mate that just scored a try? Like, is that you know you kicked a goal? I can't celebrate. Like, <laughs> you know, it's no, not man, just yet. just take it easy. Just calm down. It's just a goal, all right. It's just a grand final. No big deal. Like, but it's it, it, like Jesus Christ. Like, it's just. Anyway, alright. So is, is there any is there any other points on this lads or is this just ridiculous crap? Like is it is it just again, just blown out?
0: No. Nah, let's move on like all the rest of
1: the media should. Sweet. That's yes, a good that, that's well said. great way to put it. Great way to put it. Um alright, um let's see what else have we got. There was actually a bit of sad news I thought. Um we'll jump over to um the the racing world. The Williams family racing dynasty, um, they've finally been bought out after 43 years, um, and it looks like that, um, it's caused a bit of, bit of sadness across the, um, across the racing world and it's kind of like the, the end of an era type thing. Um, I mean, do you, you guys, you guys followers of the Williams family and, and do you know that much about them or? To you. Yeah,
2: so. There there's actually a good docker, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, I think, about the kind of Williams Formula One team. Uh, Frank Williams, I should say Sir Frank Williams, started it back in the 70s. And it's a great story without, you know, diving too much down memory lane. It's a great story because it was back in the, the privateer state uh, era of Formula One where he would, I think it was a, like a used car salesman or something. And he would just, he worked to kind of fund his Formula One team. Um, And and they've had a lot of success over the years. It kind of peaked in the mid 90s. I think they've had, um, I think, nine constructor championships, uh, seven drivers. They've had over 100 race wins. But the kind of last success they had, I think, was Jacques Villeneuve. He won like 97, was about the last time they had a. um, uh, world championship driver for them, and probably in the last five years they've just taken a massive dive to the back of the Formula One grid, where they've just remained, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which is, which is sad because the Williams, if you know nothing about Formula One, Ferrari, are the oldest they've been around since the first ever Grand Prix, I think 1950, and Williams are, I know Mercedes has jumped in now a bit, but Williams are one of the old, oldest teams and one of the last. Privateer teams because most other man, most other racing teams obviously make um, kind of they do the what I can't think of the, say, the saying where they, they sell cars on Monday to race cars on Sunday.
1: Ah, uh, right, right. I get you. So like like Mercedes and Ferrari and all the rest—they're actual like road car brands. Like they they sell you know to customers, but the other guys are pure. They're just pure race teams. They, they, don't, they don't do anything. They make their money on the track kind of thing.
2: Exactly right. And Williams are the last of the family-owned because um, I think uh, Sir Frank runs – oh, I think he – well, he was majority owner still. His daughter, Claire Williams, is the team principal. So it was very much a, a family-run operation. has been for as long as Frank's been alive. Um, I know that it's similar to McLaren with with Bruce when he started it, but obviously McLaren, like Ferrari, Mercedes, Renault, um, sell cars on the Monday. There are a few of the smaller teams that don't do it, but but this seems to be a move just to secure Williams in Formula One for the next few years. They've sold to an American-based company. I can't think of what they're
1: called. but it's one of those um, big basic hedge firms anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly right. But but the one thing that they've come out and said is they'll still keep the Williams name in Formula One, which I think is a really good move because they could quite easily take over, rename it to something stupid like Racing Point or something. And um, so, uh, so the good news is we're still going to have Williams in Formula One and, and potentially might make him a little bit more competitive because in terms of like R and D, I think they have one of the lowest, if not the lowest budget. They're probably working at about half, if not less than half, of the big teams like Mercedes and Ferrari.
1: Yeah, mate. That's actually one thing I did read was the the Williams. Um, they, I think they they were around during um, when the the like the they they did the Nicky louder and all that sort of way during that era. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing them around. Like that was that whole the the teams were run by guys that were just you know they just had lots of money to do whatever they wanted with and that's where f1 that's why f1 got its name as a very posh sort of sport but um it's still sad to see the end of an era mate but um look i, I think that there's it, it was a classy move for it's, it's like de, de pontier or something like that i I Dyer, 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 I, I can't remember what the name of the, the the firm that bought them out anyway, but um, the it was classy move I think of them to keep it as the Williams name. I thought that was a, that was good good of them to do that. Um, still in the racing world though, Bondi, your man crush, McLaughlin. Oh,
0: that's there,
1: That that you hear that noise? I might, I might actually just cut that noise out, and I can use it as a sound drop. <laughs> <laughs> mate tell us tell us about it. he You just crushed it in darwin mate
0: yeah so after a rough start up there at uh, hidden valley raceway um they obviously had back to back weekends like townsville coming up um rough start on the first weekend uh but yeah second weekend took out all three races um yeah the man is the next, well, he's not the next big thing. He is the big thing in V8. Um, you know, looking back, Lowndes, Scaife, Ambrose, those guys, McLaughlin is the name, basically. He's, is, yeah, the man to beat. He's the equivalent of Lewis Hamilton. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, um, cleans up over here in Townsville as well. You basically got to rely on, Something else from someone else going wrong for for him to even be touched as far as um, DNF or you know back in the pack. So mm, mm. yeah,
1: that's that. So that that's that's Bondi's ending of his uh, story about Scotty McLaughlin. I was waiting for a. Uh, a, a big crescendo where he was going to start standing up and yelling and and going running around outside doing a nutty run or something like that about how great he is. He's, he's he will do that when he's in Townsville. I'm I'm going to see next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> no, but he he is he is the the genuine article. Like he's he's going to be um. He's going to be absolutely crushing it he's in town so when he gets over there man you're right i I think he's kind of like this just that um well it it he doesn't seem to really have a rival like i was just trying to think like in 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 most sports you know there's always one or two teams, but he doesn't really have anyone that's kind of even close to him
0: uh, look you'd be looking at the red bull drivers Win Cup uh, Shane van Gisbergen. Um, oh
1: yeah, Jamie Winkup. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, so they're sort of you know the two and three. You know, there's a couple other names in there, but
1: but they're perennially two places. and three, though. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just they're, they're always two and three. I, I can't even. When was the last time Van and won a race? Oh, good question. I'd say it'd be this season. He's wow. Well, so he has won one. True. You're right. I think for sure he won one. anyway, but the point is, he, he he's just you know, it's just a stark difference. We actually um, later later on, I'll just I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll tell him about it now. Look, we we did we did we did this thing. I'm gonna put it up on Instagram where we all talked about our top five drivers. Now I talked about our our favorite drivers or or who we think is is our top drivers. Anyway, now Cootsie got very upset with me. Because I put, I put Lewis Hamilton as what did I put him as third? Oh. I don't
2: I? Yeah, I think you had him on the list, did you?
1: No, I did, I did, I, I did, hundred um, percent. Hang on, yeah, number three, mate. Yeah, number three, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 sure. Hang on, hang on, cause I'll, I'll tell you what it was. So, so Cootsie Cucci, list of F1 drivers is Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Ricardo Vettel, Bottas. Now my list. Had those drivers on it. It's it's got it's got Bottas as four, Hamilton third. I got Verstappen second. I got Lando Norris as fifth, who I believe should be on the list. He's an up and comer. But my favourite driver, and will always be to this day and age, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> I don't give a shit what anyone says. <laughs> He's driving for Alpha Romeo, the, the company who who used to be. Um, Oh bloody hell. What was Alpha? What was Alpha's name used to be? Um, before they were bought out, I forget. Anyway, whatever. But they were, his, the, they were the originally the team that he started with back like four thousand years ago. Because the man's nearly forty and he's still doing well. He's he's the only he's the only real danger in the in the field. I reckon for a, for a guy that's driving a shit car, he's doing he's doing super good. Tell me I'm wrong, Cootsie, Tell me I'm wrong.
2: Oh, I, I – you're not right. Put it that way. I love Kimmy. I love Kimmy because the a, a man who can do a 16-day bender in between Grand Prix's, rock up and still function and drive a Formula One car, like stop drinking after 16 days straight and a Wednesday or th- probably Thursday morning before practice, yep. get a few hours sleep and then rock up and then had the – and everything he does, he does in his own way. I, I remember the famous Monaco crash when he was driving for Lotus – yeah, and um, he pranked it. He didn't even go back to the pits. He went straight back to his yacht, got an ice yeah. cream and a beer, and sat there for the rest of the way. he Didn't even bother come back. Like you gotta love Kimmy, but to have him, to have any of those other drivers, know, above him is a bit. I know he's just my favorite. Biased, I think. He's
1: just he's just my favorite. That's all. He's just my favorite. <laughs> That's, I just can't help it. I just cannot help it. Look, even if it's not based on skill, it's not like I looked at his points, his points versus Lewis Hamilton now. Now, so, Raikkonen has been doing it for, uh, a, a long, very, very long time. Hamilton's only been, he, he, Hamilton is about, I think 10 or 11. He's a good, he's a good decade younger than Kimi Raikkonen, right? Now, Raikkonen has, has a fair crack more podiums than he does. But in terms of points, like Hamilton, like triples him, like he's just not even close. And, and but I put it down to a shit car that Raikkonen was driving. That's you know fair enough. He just did it for the did it for the love of the game. That's that's my that's my point. Hamilton's all about the money. Um, you know. <laughs> anyway, no look. Anyway, look. Sorry, I, I divert I diverted. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help it. But uh, to be fair, though, um, Bondi hasn't given me our top five. And Coutsy, I feel like we should put him on the spot and tell him, make him give us his top five right now. There you go. Yeah. All right. Go for it, Coots. I mean, sorry, Bondi, top five.
0: <laughs> so are we talking current drivers or his drivers? Yeah, current. 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 Okay. So it's got to be the Aussie. It's going to have Ricardo in one. Yes. Um, Good man.
1: Good man. It's not Hamilton. We can be friends still. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Verstappen in two. Yes, yes. <laughs> For crushing it. Um, Then I'm going to go with uh, Hamilton in three. Yes, that's right. That's the right answer. Probably Bottas in four. And I'd say, as much as this kills me, I'm going to say Vettel um, in
1: five. Yeah, okay. I didn't have Vettel on me this, which I'm. We should have. That's fair. I, I I should have probably put him in place of Norris. Um, Sorry, I just because... like
0: Daniel Ricardo because of his personality. He's Aussie. He's hilarious. Mm. Um, mm. And Max Verstappen is just an up and comer. He's gritty, um, and throws the biggest tantrums. I love it. Oh, he's
1: <laughs> he gets he gets real cranky. It's the best. And the we, accent we, just I, I, tops I... it off. <laughs> 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 oh mate, it's sensational, mate. I, I, you know, so this is this is one sport. So the F one and and like racing and that sort of stuff. I've I've only gotten into it since we started doing this podcast, which for the record, we're up to like episode number twenty three or twenty four now. Twenty four this is. So we're basically we've been doing this for six months, give or take. So that's that's pretty solid, and uh, I've been slowly getting more and more into into the into the racing world. And I find it more, I love it more and more and more, and I can actually understand why people love it. And it's got nothing to do with the noise that the track, or, or sometimes it does, if you're a driver, I guess. But it's it's just, you can sit here and debate whatever it is you love about a, a driver on or off the track or whatever you like. like. I mean, it's it's just one of those funny things, like, I don't know. But I, I, I love it now. I've got, ever, ever since we started doing this, I'm, I'm to a point now, six months later, where I actually genuinely sit there and just love, like, getting into it all. I read uh, all the, the the driver profiles and where they're from and what they've done and all that sort of stuff. It's super interesting shit. Like, I love it, the storylines. But anyway, that's my uh, that's my sentimental piece um, for the day. Now, back to sport news. Right. Um, so Shane Warne has released a fragrance. Um what do we what do we think?
0: Uh, yeah, it smells like sleaze bag on a Sunday night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's sensational. <laughs> Couldn't believe it, mate. I I saw I saw I thought it was I thought it was a piss take when I saw it. But then it turned out no no no, it's it's real. Uh I was like, Why are you doing this, Warney? You're killing yourself, mate. Yeah, uh. I
2: think
0: Warney's reputation's taken a a slide, like off the field, he's just, yeah, I don't know, just gone downhill, has never really grown up, taken responsibility, matured, and all that kind of stuff. So on the field, great cricketer, can turn a ball, probably the best leg spinner of all time. Mm, mm. But off the field, complete twat.
1: Yeah, I agree, completely. That, that's pretty much it. That's sums that um But really... Jump the, the gun. The, you,
2: I, Sorry, mate, I just, uh, I should have jumped in there because that was actually my wanker of the week. That's on me, I didn't let you guys know before. That's fine, I've I've kind of knocked it out early, but I I could have, on the basis of, if you think of every male athlete you've ever known or you look up to, or just that you know in general, Mm. could you think of an athlete that you'd want to smell like less than Shane Warren?
1: Well, mate, look, like we said, we, when we were taking the piss out of him on on the messenger, look, us, we'll just call this your anchor of the week, unless you've got a, a spare. But um, but look, this it, it's sensational, mate. Because I mean, like I said to you, out of, you know, out of any cricketer, David Beckham, he wins. Like, and he doesn't even play cricket. Like, you know, when it comes to to like um, in terms of his um. Cologne ads, like you know, it's just David Beckham like gets in gets in a pair of Calvin Klein's and apparently sales go up about twenty five percent. Like it's, yeah. just, it's, <laughs> it's just it's just insane. But like, what I but,
2: can't wait for is if if Shane Warne's got a fragrance, how long do we see John Daly coming out with one? Because if you'd ever want to smell like a man that smokes <laughs> cigarette and drinks and what Coke. <laughs> Exactly right, like you just, where, where's your where's oh, Big
1: John out there? Just get John Daly a fragrance <laughs> deal, can we? Just get sweat, diet coke and cigarette. <laughs> That's, That's it. <laughs> that early onset diabetes oh, smell is what you really want to get, isn't oh. it? But for those who don't know who John Daly is, look him up, he's a he's a golfer from back in the day, Um, I say back in the day, he was what, late... Was he late 90s, I think, it was when he was when he was yeah,
2: big? Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. yeah. And uh, a great, great golfer. Oh, he was the like a kid it He was like oh. the original Happy Gilmore kid. He did yes. that country mile, oh. but was just known for being overweight, smoking and drinking most of the time when he was playing golf. So if yeah, you Google an image of, go, John Daly golf, I guarantee you'll find 17 images with a cigarette in his mouth or a beer in his hands.
1: I don't know if you guys ever played a game of golf. Well, know, I know Bondi. We've gone to the driving range a few times, but I, like when when I play, I've got I've got a few pairs of pants, right? I've got a big pair of Australia flag pants. I've got a pair of pants that look like grass, and I've got ones that have big dollar bills all over them, like hundred dollar bills all over them, right? And they're all John Daly brand. He's, he has his own <laughs> clothing. I love the man. He's, he's so he has a thing called Loudmouth, and if he wants to sponsor the podcast, please let me know. I'll take free golf pants. <laughs> um, but it, it's uh, but it's fantastic. Like he he uh, yeah. Anyway, so wait, I don't, How the hell do we get onto that? Oh man, you don't want to smell that, like who's John Day? That was my shot. fault. That
2: was my fault. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you sent me on a tangent. I blame you for that. Um that's <laughs> All right. Um, now let's have a look. The McLaughlin wins. Uh, oh mate, Tom Lynch sent off uh to the tribunal after being uh an idiot again.
2: Yeah. This is like the third week in a row we've seen something dodgy from Tom Lee. Uh, uh, the report as we record this is he again got off the tribunal. I think they're just going to find him again, but I think well, there was a lot of discussion in, yeah, yeah, so he, he, it was thrown out in the end, I think. I think he might have got a fine or something, but um, he was, he's free to play next week at this point. It, it's kind of a dodgy one because I looked at like the other things, the other, just say indiscretions that he did when he he did the um, rabbit punch to bloody mm-hmm. Sam Collins and he hit mm-hmm. the guts off the ball. And then he punched Yara Wits in a kind of shoulder-neck area. And then he did the slap to the back of uh, mm-hmm. Harris Andrews' head. All of those cases, to me, were worse than what he went to the tribunal for over the weekend, which was kind of like – I think it was a provoked strike because Hurley – from and slapped his injured hand or hit his injured hand, which mm. and then it was more of an i mean it was a closed fish but not fish fish fist, but um more of a push than an actual straw so it was, it was a jersey of, punch yeah I, yeah either way I think the biggest thing is that what's come out of it is probably the the public the public perception that lynch is a bit of a flog now. Mm-hmm. And everyone's getting a bit sick of these indiscretions. And, and Dim has come out and he's backed him as a coach does. Said no, we want him to play on the edge. And then if you really, if you think about it, does Tom Lynch really care what we think? Probably not. He's no, still probably. playing well. He kicked another couple of goals this weekend. And um, he's on a half million dollars a year. Exactly. Well, more. Keep going. He's probably on a million dollars a year. Mm, but on top of that is. Is full forwards are kind of known for being sooks and pushing the limits a little bit in their, dare I say chief or dare I say Barry Hall? Or full forwards are known for this kind of thing. And if That's you're getting true. held and pushing that off the ball, of course you're going to crack the wobblies every now and then. But I think it's, if anything, it's the public perception now of Lynch is that he's, he's you know, kind of known now for being just doing these dog acts on the field.
1: Maybe he's kind of, maybe he is the new Barry Hall.
2: Oh, maybe I don't know. like he got criticised for being too nice to players earlier in the year. So I don't know if this is him trying to toughen mm. up or something. But I mean, clearly, I reckon if you're a fullback, too, you're go- you're going to get under his skin because now this is coming out. If I'm full-back on playing Richmond on the weekend, I'm going straight for Tom Lynch. I'm going to slap the shit out of his left hand. I'm going to get under his skin and I'm going to make the guy punch me in the face for a freak. Oh, that's what I would do, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And every fullback in the league now knows this. He's been in the tribunal tonight. It's all over the media. It's three weeks in a row, pretty much, that he's had all these indiscretions. So, as a full back whose half the job is niggling and getting under the skin of the full forward, why wouldn't you? You'd be mm. absolutely in his face mm. and looking for absolutely.
1: Oh yeah, you'd be poke. You, you would be on like you know fourth page Google deepness trying to find shit on him to hang it on him on during the game. Like, yeah, you'd be all over it, hundred so, um, percent. Can I just chip in here? Yeah. Jin bin. 10 minutes. See you later, bud. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong, mate. It'd work. It'd work. See you later, Tom. Man, get so go sit on the sideline for five minutes, young, their young son, and uh, just uh, cool off. It, it'd work. It'd, it, it'd work, and it would piss the coach off to tell him to, say, pull your head in. But I don't know. It's an interesting one. But um actually, something else that someone else that uh, is actually out for a while is... Tal Malolo out with a calf. Kurt LaBondi, mate, I just... I I cried into my beer when I thought I didn't have a beer on me, but still, I would have if I did. Um, Out with a calf muscle. After having 900 of the the entire team basically on him, um, he finally succumbed to an injury on the calf. It looks like it twisted, you know, not a particularly nice way during a tackle when he had, like, five players on him. Um, So, I don't know, it looks like he's out. So, I think... The cowboys are heading for a spoon, you think? What do you reckon?
0: Nah, look so to start off with the injury is not a new injury. So
1: uh, it, it was is only the, is it the same one?
0: Yeah, a couple of rounds back he had his calf heavily strapped and it had been strapped for a couple of weeks. Oh I thought um, it was the other calf. Nah Bud. He's only got one, it's massive. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh Jesus!
0: <laughs> rest told Tom Lilo for the season. It's not worth bringing him back. Uh, oh. his injury does come good. It's uh, I don't think. Hey,
1: just bringing me in off the bench for twenty minutes, like just yeah.
0: Oh, it's not worth risking him, and I mean, Cowboys already aren't fielding their strongest side, so. No, what's one more? Still, um, still dirty about it, eh?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, look, give him a rest. He's done a lot of work this year. Um, even not playing the last six games, he's probably going to have done more meters, uh, particularly post-contact meters, than most uh-huh. of the other forwards in the game. So, apart uh, from David Clemmer, I would I would completely agree with you. Yeah. So give him. Arrest. Cowboys are out of contention. They're probably not wooden spooners. The Broncos have got that wrapped up in a nice little bow, I think. Um, So, yeah, just call it quits. Come back next year.
1: That's fair enough. And look, while we're on the NRL, mate, um, the game of the week for you, mate, I mean, for me, I thought... Funnily enough, the, the Broncos Dragons game was actually the game of the week. It was the closest. There was, I, I, I lied the Eels and Storm, um, because the Eels kept the Storm scoreless for the first time in like a thousand years. Um, but I thought that purely because the Broncos are so depleted and they, they have so much crap going on and they were only, they, they almost, they were, almost got over the line against uh, a fairly strong Dragon side. So for me, that was the game of the week. But what, what, did, you, um, what did you think of the – for you, what was your game of the week?
0: Uh, I liked the Doggies and the Warriors. So um, mm, with these two teams, both performing really, really well to both be out of the eight. So, you know, put on a late charge. Um, and, you know, the Warriors come up from 8 nil down to win that game, showed a lot of heart. Um and yeah, I just really enjoyed watching a hard-fought game. It was good.
1: That's true. And what it was a gritty game. Um it was very very strong in the forwards um and, and the second row and, and it was yeah, it 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 was just it was just a really um it was a strong win, you're right. Um but there was cuz a lot of the other games were I I thought the Cowboys actually did quite well to hold the Knights to just 12, um, to be honest with you, because I thought that was all right. They, they, um, roosters back on form. The West Tigers basically just didn't show up. Titans didn't show up against the Raiders, 36-16. to 16. Um, Panthers are just continuing to charge on. They look unstoppable, 38-12. to 12. Um, And the blowout of the week was definitely the Rabbitoh Sea Eagles. My God. 56 to 16. They were up 38 nil at half time. It was just ridiculous. The Sea Eagles just, I mean, I don't know whether they just, they, they didn't feel they're, they're a bad side. Like, it was the same team that lost by two points, I think, to Melbourne only a few weeks ago. Like it, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like I don't know what's going on, but to lose to the Rabbitohs, which they're a good side, but they're not like a side that puts 56 points on any team.
0: Yeah, look, I think Wayne Bennett had a lot to do with that. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. He would have had a few choice words uh, getting back into the bubble, uh, into those sheds, um, after the way that the Rabbitohs didn't perform over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were there. They just weren't, you know, Wayne Bennett's Rabbitohs. So a few choice words over the... Course of
1: the week, and I reckon they came out and just blew manly out of the water. Basically, I mean, the seagulls seem to have Ruben Garrick, Jake Traboyevich, and then daylight. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that is what it is. Um, Look, let, we'll flip over to the AFL. We'll, we'll try and work through that um, game of the week for you, Gootsy.
2: Uh, I'm biased. I'll say the Blues winning, keeping the season alive. I think it was great. <laughs> because we had the, the Indigenous round uh, in the AFL this week, and it, it seems we've done really, really well. It kicked off Friday night with um, Carlton and Gold Coast up at TAO in Darwin, which was great to see. Um, they had dream time at the T or whatever it's called there um, up in Darwin, which was good to see. But mm. it, it, when I mean, getting to the pointy end of the season and the ladders getting Really, really, really competitive now. Um, we've got the last round of the game getting played now. It looks like your pies are are up comfortably at three quarter time.
1: Don't don't jinx it for me. <laughs> <up>. <laughs>
2: anyway, keep going. But, uh, yeah, the yeah, ruse could right. really do me. Roos could do me a solid and get up and beat them. That'd be handy. As um, yeah. I think, probably the 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 interesting one is probably the the Brisbane holding up. Uh, they just got over St. Kilda by two points, which really hurts St. Kilda because they're a game <sighs> – looking at the ladder, it's awkward because we've got some game, some teams that have played 13 games, some have played 12. So the Saints only have four games left this season. They've dropped to sixth on the ladder. They don't have the easiest run home, and that loss to Brisbane really, really hurts them.
1: It really does. That was actually my game of the week. Um, I thought that the Lions – really like they cemented themselves as very much to be premiership favourites because Port Adelaide's falling, Brisbane is rising. I think it'll be probably Lions and Cats. Um will probably be very if if they won't be in the finals, it'll be very, very close to them to being in the in the premiership game. Um but it's yeah, I just I, the pies are just not quite there. They're just not quite there. But, um, be right, the Saints played well, but they still just didn't quite get over it. But you, but mate, your, your boys, Carlton, um, I mean, they, they didn't just beat the Suns. like, they, they beat them by a real solid, like, five and a half, five and a half goals. Um, but I think the Suns have been very different since, um, they brought uh, Isaac Rankin, I think, in now, who's quite a good a good rookie. But since I think it's Rao, uh, Manny yeah, Rao, Matty Rao, R- yeah. that's right. I was just oh, yeah. yeah, but since he went out, they have been a completely different side, and so has uh, Bondi's uh, fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, just flipped me the bird for uh, for those for those look, uh, listening in. Um, it's a nice little <laughs> <drop>. <laughs> That was that was, I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty solid. Oh mate, oh, I, it's um, it, it's true though. Like, he he was an absolute powerhouse. Um, he he just he was he was the Suns' linchpin to me. I think. Um, and unfortunately they're competitive, but they're just not not quite as they're not the same team. But Carlton definitely took care of them, and they seem to be, again, on the rise. Um, Port just beat the Hawks, who are not that doing that well that this season. Richmond beat Essendon in a very good game. Um, Dockers comfortably beat the Swans. The Swans only scored nineteen points, which was a bit of a weird one. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like I said, mate, I think, I think I said it last week. I can't understand the Swans. Like you never know which side's going to show up. And sweet Jesus, this week I think the I think the Crows could have got their first win if they were playing the Swans this week.
2: Yeah, that's probably fair to say. Look, and the Crows by that they're. Oh uh, and thirteen now, I think. Or, yeah, oh thirteen. So they're they're staring down the barrel of that famous winless, well, potentially famous winless season if they get there, which is kind of a weird thing to celebrate. But then, if you hate Adelaide, why not?
1: Hey man, I'm, I'm on board with it. I'm I'm uh, I'm on board with having a, a an I hate Adelaide uh, party.
2: They, they're uh, they're on par to do it, so they finish off the season with Hawthorne, GWS.
1: Carlton and Richmond. I can't see them winning any of those games. Mm. Well, well, say it them, them again, GWS. Oh, so, Haw- Hawthorne? Hawthorne. Hawthorne's the only team, and it's only if Hawthorne rocks up and plays very poorly. That's the yeah. only team I can see them beating. Yeah,
2: I uh, uh, that... So, from an Adelaide point of view, that's the best chance they have of getting a win from the remaining games this season. I can't see him beating any other three. I know I'm biased with Carlton, but if if they drop that game, there's something drastically wrong. By that token, with the ladder kind of tightening up as it is, Carlton have the benefit. They seem to have the easiest run home. They've got an extra game as well, uh, sitting or equal nights, call it 10th of a percentage on the ladder. That was the biggest criticism to come out of the uh, The Gold Coast game, actually, is that we should have flogged them. I said we, Colton, should have flogged them by more, which is only going to help percentage, because I reckon it'll definitely come down to teams, Mm
1: -hmm. multiple,
2: missing finals because of percentage.
1: Yep, I completely agree with you, mate. Percentage is going to be massive, because as it is, there's as we always say with the AFL, I mean... Richmond's pretty comfortable at 34 points um, in fifth. But the Saints, like you said, they're they're dropping. Um, They're at 32. So for them to be in the top four, it's going to be much harder. But then there's from seventh through to 13th, basically, um, there's eight points, which is two games. Like, that's not much in it at all. And then percentage-wise, everyone's within, apart from Essendon, who are terrible anyway, um, (laughs) um, they're probably... 12th is a bit too good for Essendon, I think. Um, but um, but everyone else is sort of around that 100 mark, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, actually, oh, yeah, we'll just finish off the rest of the scores. So GWS lost to West Coast. They took care of them by two goals, um, uh, which I thought was a pretty solid game. And as we sit now, the pies are up 51-35 to 35 by 16 at three-quarter time, so we're probably going to lose from there. Um, <laughs> Alright, but, uh, look, that, that's pretty much it with AFL and RL. Um, the only other thing I was gonna, I was gonna talk about news-wise was John Jones, um, MMA fighter. He's basically come back, um, after suspension and won and defended three times the light heavyweight title, um, in MMA, but now he's vacating it and jumping up to heavyweight. Uh, look, he's been unstoppable and an absolute freak of nature so far. Um, he's got to put on a few kilos, but Jesus, I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, I, Bondi, I don't know, you, do you follow the MMA Loosely. Loose. Well, all right, well, what, what's your, what's your loose, uh, prediction?
0: Uh, I don't know what John Jones's... Natural weight is so that's a good point. Um, if he has to shred too much, if it's getting too difficult for him to get down there, then it only makes sense that he vacates that position, um, and fights at a more comfortable weight, something that's going to be easier on his body prepping for fights and stuff like that. So, mm. um, without knowing that, I can't really make a prediction, but he's been. Very, very good uh, in his weight class. So I don't think he's going to
1: have too many issues. The moving man's undefeated. Up. The man's undefeated. So he's he's done all right. He's done all right. But he he's, he he does look thick though, and I mean that. Like he looks he looks like he should be carrying around an extra ten kilos. But I mean, I I do carry around an extra several you know dozen kilos. Um, he can have some if he needs them. I don't mind. I'll donate them. But um, he, he's a freaking nature. He's, he's absolutely incredible. But like, like, it's okay. So you're you're not sure based on uh, that. That's a fair answer because it, it, it's. But let, let, let's say he he naturally would be in that weight range. What would you say?
0: Uh, yeah. Look, based on just him as a fighter all around, I think he's very good. Um, he's just going to have to get used to being hit harder. That's true. True, true. Yeah, I I think he's going to be fine. I don't think there's going to be too many issues there
1: at all. Yeah, me either. Kuti?
2: I think it's, he'll, I don't know, he might see a fight or two, but then he'll test positive to something and then he'll get suspended again and then he'll, (laughs) you know, end up. Drunk in the middle of Arizona and pull a gun on a cop or something. it seems to be the path of the course for John Jones. He's oh, a supremely shoot. talented athlete. If he could just stay out of banned substances, he could have been uh, one of the all-time greats in the Hall of Fame. But, I, I mean, see. like, he's like yeah. Like yeah, I, I, I hold no credibility to anything that he does because it, 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 countless times he's either been in trouble or he's been suspended or he's tested positive and... Yeah, he's an amazingly frustrated athlete at most, at the least.
1: No, I I agree. I mean, I mean, actually speaking of pulling guns on people, there was one Earl Thomas. Um, he, he, with he was the wanker of the week not long ago. For those who who don't, um, who may not remember, because of what happened with him and his wife and and his wife's friends, um, and he was being held at gunpoint, um, because I believe he was fam with another woman or something like that. Anyway the point is that um he has now gotten into a confrontation where i believe he's struck um uh one of his teammates um it's up on instagram anyway um but basically it looks like um he's now been he's been released by the ravens um and they're going to be able to nullify the 10 million dollars that he that they owe him because based on personal um uh he yeah, they have like a Personal conduct clause in in the in their um in the contract with him, and because he has been an absolute just for whatever reason off the rails dropkick, his his life has just been an absolute shambles. Um, they're going to be able to say too bad, so sad, see you later, and um, they're just going to basically nullify it. And but I mean, look, I think he's talented enough that someone's going to pick him up, but. Um, Yeah, the Ravens let him go. That was the only other news that I had. But did you guys have anything else? No. No? All right. uh, Let's go. Bondi Obscure Sport. Yeah, mate. This one is out of
0: Central Asia. So we're looking around the Afghanistan, Kazakhstan kind of situation.
1: He's still bordering Russia.
0: (laughs) Oi. I've moved. Yeah, all right. Just leave me alone. <laughs> um, but this one, and it does. Yeah, Russians do play it. So, <laughs> uh, but it's buzz, buzz, cashy, buzz cash-y. Um, That rings a yeah. bell. Why does that ring a bell? Because it's probably the most gruesome sport any. One group of people could play. What do they do? So, um, it's a mounted sport. So you're on horse um, and the field is 200 metres long. Um, and basically, there's a goat carcass or a calf carcass, whichever they can find, um, that's put in the middle of the field. You've got to pick up the carcass, go around the flag at one end of the field and put the carcass in the goal at the other end of the field. So for me, straight up, that's just a waste of meat. Anyway.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's bad. Um like, cranky. I'm cranky. Uh
0: very, very competitive sport. Um get paid Quite significant amounts of money if you're any good, or well, it's not necessarily money. So the events are sponsored by rich people, um, and they donate anything from fine silks, turbans, money, horses, um, and yeah. So five aside, you've got teams of ten, but only five players really out on the field at any one time. Um, so they have like each some- part. Each half is 45 minutes, uh, a 15-minute break in the middle. But basically, before the Afghan Olympic Federation uh, took over the sport, there were two rules, that you couldn't intentionally knock someone off their horse and you couldn't whip someone else on their horse. Jesus. <laughs> um, so, very brutal sport. They wear fit clothing, uh, typically helmets and stuff like that military helmets so um yeah savage very difficult sport and i just thought it was well out there because they use a goat carcass as a a thing like a ball any normal person would use i guess hey man Um, you got you
1: you got to do what you can do you know (laughs)
0: Like, well, like, yeah, what? the roots of this sport are very, very old, um, and it was played along the Silk Road between uh, Turkey, Mongolia, all along there. So there were um, nomadic tribes that would just go around, um, and it was a bit of fun between tribes playing and stuff like that. So um dates back a very, very long time. Does the uh, loser have
1: to eat the goat? <laughs>
0: Well, they actually try to use carbs because they don't disintegrate as quickly. Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> um, that's,
1: that's truly wow.
0: Horrifying. Yeah. I know.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, but if you just want to look at a sport, read about a sport and go, wow, um, this is one for the ages, definitely. That's fair that's
1: fair um well look i I'm, that, that's i'm going to have to say something nice just to counteract that sport because that that's phenomenal but like for for me look i i normally i i think that sports in terms of grassroots most most a f l probably not doing too bad, and cricket when I was growing up they did quite well I played Milo cricket um but there just doesn't there seems to be um not enough influence on it but there was something that I found that the Queensland Government actually does. Um, so if you want to apply for it, have a look, jump on on the Queensland Government website and have a look because I think it's it's a really, really good thing that, that they actually do now. Is it parents, carers or guardians? They can actually apply for what's called a fair play voucher and it's where um, basically... They can get up to 150 bucks, um, to help to to play for to pay for their kid, um, to go out and play, um, in a recreational, um, activity. So you can be doing sailing, you can be doing footy, you can be doing, um, whatever baseball. What? what, It's just just sport recreation. Um, I think they have drone flying. You know, races, whatever. Just it just the the government just actually has like a small grant of 150 bucks, which will give you enough. To go and pay for your registration and get a cheap pair of footy boots or whatever, um, and I think that that's that's probably something that uh, is not highlighted enough. I think it's I know that there's been a lot of controversy with um, government grants in terms of sport, but um, basically with this one though, the uh, I think it's a great thing that it's, that um, that there's something nice that the that the government does for basically families that might be. Struggling a little bit. Um, I it's not everywhere. It, it's not. I can only see it in Queensland. It may be in other states. Just have a look, but it's called a fair play voucher up in Queensland. So jump on and have a look at the website. That's a really, really good thing. Um, it's a great incentive to get your kids up and moving and get them out and get them playing sport. But that's my nice thing. Um, uh, Coozie, did you have a backup wanker or is, is Shane Warren just too big of a wanker?
2: I I um I backed on Shane tonight. That's my fault. I should have let in with um. Usually I flick you guys and let you know who the wanker of the week is this week, so that's on me. But, uh, yeah, no, I think Shane's a pretty deserving winner this week anyway.
1: Mate, the, the the ad of him wearing trying to look suave and James Bond-like in a suit is is well well enough for him to be considered the wanker of the week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Purely on that image, you can kind of claim it, because like, if you have any image of Shane Warne in your head, I guarantee you that's not the
1: one. That my, mine is him. Uh, in fact, pouring beer over himself, I think, or something oh, like champagne. It's that champagne yeah. one. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so fair enough. Um, look, the only other thing I've got, lads, is um, the HIA rule. Did you want to? Did you want to chat about that real quick, or did you want to talk about that first up next week?
0: Mate, I've got a lot to say about it. Um, I think it's been implemented, but implemented poorly. Um, and caused extra
1: drama. So, if we want to hold off to next week, uh, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, all right. Let's I'll tell you what. Let's let, let's lead off with it next week. Um, I'll put it as number one, so that way we um we go through it, don't give it, because it is. We, last week we 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 had a good crack at the um. Oh, what did we what did we talk about last week? The the rule with um oh, the sin bin rule, the sin bin rule. We talked about that in, in detail last week. Um and I think that was really it was a really interesting sort of chat and and, and uh, even if it is hypothetical it is but this is talking about an actually implemented rule that we it desperately needs overhauling um it's it's an absolute just bucket of shit um so <laughs> it really is it really is and uh, but anyway look we'll, we'll we'll get into that next week um but did you guys have any other bits of news any other bits and points you wanted to have a chat about real quick hold well on from me sweet all right lads we'll we'll leave it there but make sure you listen subscribe jump on leave us reviews all that kind of gear cheers well that's the end of the episode and thanks so much for listening and tune in next time for some more next level content and please do make sure you subscribe and review it's a big help to us. cheers